Hello, I'd like to draw your attention to Blokes, the mental health CIC that provides a safe, supportive and non-judgmental platform for men who are 16 and over to open up about their thoughts and feelings, connect with like-minded people and tell a hashtag male tale. You can create your own Blokes account for free by visiting blokes.life and share your own stories, tips and advice based on your own lived experience with mental health. You can also find more information about Blokes including how to get in touch to organise mental health signposting sessions, talks and workshops. As you well know, men are often hesitant to discuss their thoughts and feelings or fear of being labelled as weak, unmanly or pathetic. And Blokes aims to show that admitting when you're struggling and asking for support is not only brave, but vital. Head over to the Blokes Twitter, Instagram and Facebook accounts to learn about the movement and how to begin getting comfortable with talking about how you're really feeling. You're listening to the British Baseball Podcast. I'm joined today by Rich Minford, the head coach of the London Mets Baseball Club. Rich, how are we doing? Doing great today. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Looking forward to the conversation. The pleasure is all mine. Um, I'd like to say that my, um, one of my new uh, staff members, uh, Mariana Casal, has um, written, wrote these questions uh, for today. I've added a few in there myself because she was really excited to get involved, but unfortunately she's got a last minute um, project that she's been called away on. So she's uh, been really excited. She had so many questions to ask. Like I was looking at her and I was like, this is where I'm going wrong. I need people to write my questions for me. They're all great. So uh, Mariana, thank you very much for the, for the content. So we're going to start off with the, uh, the the question of all questions. Who is Rich Minford? Yeah, that's uh, certainly a good place to to start. So I um, I was born in South Carolina uh, in in Columbia. Spent first couple of couple of years of my life there uh, before the family moved up to to Western North Carolina. Um, You've heard of uh, Appalachian State University and a, a town called Boone, um, where we moved is about 45 minutes from there. But it's the nearest landmark that people might have have heard of is, is Boone. But it's nestled up in the Appalachian Mountains right on the, the Tennessee border. Real, real pretty country. So we, we moved up there. My dad uh, and, and my mom were uh, Christmas tree farmers. Um, and uh, so that was the, the primary motivator for the move is his dad had been growing, growing Christmas trees up there and kind of managing them on the, on the weekends. And, and that's what, you know, he was really trying to build a business around. So that was, uh, that was the intent behind the move was get up there, uh, grow some trees and then ended up selling them back down into the, the market he developed and established in, uh, in, in Columbia. So started playing baseball at a very young age and, in uh, in Western North Carolina, um, spent my, childhood there with my younger brother Mitchell um my older sister Cassidy and then uh went off to to college University of North Carolina spent a few years up in, in Philadelphia working after that and then uh New York then made my way over to London middle of 2015 and uh, been over here for for about six years yeah so started playing baseball when I was from when I was about four um growing up in the in the states and um it was fortunate that it's a, you know, it's a big part of the, the culture there. And, um, you know, I played pretty much every, every position I, I could I pitched and hit and infield outfield caught, um, really, really anything kind of growing up through little league through, 
you know, AAU and kind of travel baseball is real, real big in, in the Southern part of the U S yeah. so it's got real, real into that. And was very fortunate that, you know, so my parents are Christmas tree farmers and they, you know, they own their own, own business and, and, and they were, um, you know, pretty flexible schedule. And, and, you know, I was fortunate to have my dad be able to kind of coach me for a, a lot of my, uh, the, the earlier stage, kind of before I got to high school, which was a, a really cool opportunity and his, his flexibility around kind of being able to set his own schedule at, at work, um, was, you know, afforded, you know, stuff, spend a lot of time together on the, on the baseball field, which was, was pretty special. Um, but, uh, yeah, got to high school, um, and, uh, we uh, ended up moving from from Avery County over to to, to Boone um, because my mom was going. She wanted to be a teacher, and so she went back to college and uh, got her teaching degree. And it was also you know had the opportunity to go to the the school in kind of a bigger county, which had a better baseball program, better academics. So ended up being fortunate enough to to do that and um, started started playing baseball at, at Watauga High School. Uh, 4A, which is one of the, you know, it's the biggest classification of high school in the, um, in the, the public system in the, um, in, in North Carolina, at least, and um, got thrown into the, the deep end with, uh, you know, playing baseball in a, a very strong conference. And I was, I was pretty, I was pretty undersized at the, at the time. I mean, we met, we met in person. I'm, I'm six, five and maybe two thirty now, but in, in high school, I was, a, I was a pretty scrawny kid and, and pretty, pretty unathletic, but had, had put, um, you know, countless and countless and countless hours into the, into the game where I was fundamentally pretty, um, you know, pretty competent and, and did the best that I could with the, you know, the physical skill set I had at the, the time, wish I would have grown a, l- a little, little bit earlier that would have uh, potentially changed my trajectory, but, you know, things, uh, things worked out o- okay in the, in the end for me, but we uh, played JV baseball, junior varsity baseball in high school for the first couple of years. And then, you know, sat on the bench the majority of my, my junior year. Um, Cause we're just in a absolutely loaded conference and um, guys like, uh, uh, Madison Bumgarner, he, he, um, he pitched in, uh, at a, a school just down the road from, from us, uh, South Caldwell, uh, obviously a world series MVP for the San Francisco giants back in 2014 and, uh, okay. uh first round draft pick. So he's, uh, he's a, he's a tough guy to go up against in, in high school. And he was, he was, he was throwing, you know, low nineties in, in high school. He didn't have command of his off-speed stuff at, you know, at any point there, but it was uh, made for, for a pretty challenging environment, but it was a lot of fun. Then my senior year, I was, I was, I was kind of on the fringe to, to be our, our number two, potentially our number two starter um, on the, on the mound. This is actually junior year. I was trying to kind of make the, make the case for being a starting pitcher for, uh, for my high school team. And my first start, I, I go out there and I'm, I'm throwing, you know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm pretty undersized at the time and throwing, you know, low, low seventies and throwing curveballs over top and from three quarters and from the side and from summary, does anything I can do to try to get guys out and uh, go out and we're playing against a out of conference team called uh, North Forsyth and uh, first batter up, I go out and I, I strike him out and I'm like, all right, maybe I got a, maybe I got a shot at this. Maybe my stuff's a little, little better than I, than I think. And then the number two hitter comes up as a, a kid named Dustin Ackley, who ended up playing for the Seattle Mariners for, for a couple of years down the road, goes up and, um, uh, 
hits hits a ball that doesn't get over about six feet high off the ground but hits the fence in the air and just hit it that hard and I didn't make it out of the out of the first inning after after that and that kind of dashed my my pitching hopes for <laughs> for for high school I ended up actually catching my my senior year I ended up throwing you know recognized that I wasn't the most fleet-footed but had a pretty good arm and threw a, threw a lot of guys out behind the plate so I ended up having uh having a lot of fun but um yeah, I ended up hanging up the cleats after high school just because I, you know, I was probably good enough to go play at a at a small division two or division three school, but I uh, really wanted to go to the University of North Carolina, which is an, an absolute baseball powerhouse. And um yeah. and uh, I was I was nowhere near the caliber of baseball player at that point to play there. What a shame. Um when you had like talent like Bumgarner around as a youth, did that did it drive you even more or was it just like really intimidating like especially around the other pool of players that you were with yeah i i loved it i i really loved it. it those were some of the 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 funnest at bats you know going in in there for the the first time i i'm a i'm a big believer that you know personal growth comes from throwing yourself in front of the hardest version of the problem or the challenge possible throw yourself in the deep end create discomfort um and that's you know that's uh th those kind of moments are going to help you figure out how to um you know, how to, how to succeed at that or at other things in life. And so, um, yeah, I loved facing Bumgarner. I got uh, my first at bat um, I ever had against him. I was, uh, got worked him to a three, two count and he throws me a low and away fastball. And I just get just enough of it to knock a, knock a ground ball up the middle for, for a base hit. And, uh, and then he got me the out the next eight times in the, in the row, the, the, the rest of the season. So that was my, I was one, one for nine career off of, of Bumgarner, but I did get that, that one seeing eye ground ball, same single for a knock. That's amazing. Did you know back then that he was going to be something pretty big? Did everybody sort of know? Yeah. Pe people, people knew that he was going to definitely get drafted. Um, but uh, I, you know, in terms of, he's going to be a world series MVP that the 2014 performances that he put on in the world series where he had those three outings and came out of the pen in game seven. I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the grittiest baseball performances that I've seen. And I can't say that I, I could have predicted that, you know, playing against yeah. him in high school. I, I, you know, I thought he might get to the pro um, to the, to the MLB level. Um, but uh, he, he, he exceeded those, those expectations. Okay. That's amazing. So how, how did you discover British baseball then? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I was, I was only, only supposed to be over here for, for a six month rotation and, and then I was supposed to head back to New York, but um, you know, as it happens, met a, met a girl and um, have, have stayed over here for, for quite a while and we're, we're now uh, engaged and she's uh, she's British Australian, but I've got her, um, her into the, into the baseball family a, a little bit and she's uh endlessly supportive of which I'm, I'm very appreciative, but, um, yeah, I got over here and, you know, growing up where I grew up, you know, baseball is very, it's, it's, it's uniquely American. It's a very American thing. And so I had, I had no knowledge of, you know, the international baseball community and, and really any, any capacity before, before getting out here and, um, sort of stumbled my way into it through a, a colleague of, of mine who stumbled onto the London Mets. And I had, um, you know, I had been staying pretty, pretty active, but not playing baseball for a while since high school. Um, but was, was interested in kind of getting, getting back into it. And, um, 
I'll get into more like the, you know, the, the baseball journey that sort of led to that, but got, uh, got over to a London Mets practice one day and, uh, John, John Cram and the skipper at the time and, uh, Ethan Solomon, who's one of the, one of the pitchers were, were over there and got to know them a little bit. I was like, you know, this is, this is a pretty interesting outfit and, uh, potentially a, a pretty fascinating way to kind of re-enter back into the game. Tell us some of your favorite memories from your time playing with the Mets. Yeah. Oh man, it's been such a great journey. Um, so I joined the team, um, in, in 20, 2017 and again, didn't know what to, what to make of it and what to make of, you know, British baseball in in general, but, uh, it, it's just a phenomenal group of, of guys. And, and I've, I've been deeply appreciative of, of some of the, the, the friendships I've, I've forged in the, in the process. That's been, that's been a big part of it. And the, the baseball has been, um, you know, better than I expected as, as well. Um, you know, we, uh, the first time I, I really got tested, we, you know, we had a, we had a day where we went out, uh, kind of early in the, in the season in 2016. And, you know, it, John, John Cram and the skipper is kind of feeling, feeling me out. I'm kind of feeling the team out a little bit, and, you know, it, it, but it's, um, neither, neither knew what to expect from, from the other. And we go out in the, the first game, we're playing against Southampton who had beat the Mets in the national championship and the year before in 2016. And, um, generally, uh, generally pretty, um, uh, pretty solid contender. They had a guy, Ray Martinez, who's, who's been around the, uh, British baseball for, for a while and a big part of GB and, um, you know, throws pretty hard competent pitcher. He was pitching against us in the first game and we ended up going into extra innings and, and winning that one. And then, um, I hadn't really done any pitching to that point in the, in the season. We go into game two and, um, our our starter we were a little short staffed i think we had our one of our outfielders was was starting on the mound and he he got shelled and got taken out i think in the second inning and and so john gave me the ball and um you know i i despite being away from the game for for a little while i found, found it found it pretty quick um wasn't maybe the the sharpest i i you know I think I hit a few guys, walked a few guys, but got the, you know, started to get a feel for it and ended up pitching, you know, five or five or six innings. And and then uh, we had a, a, an American guy hit, end up hitting the walk-off home run that day. And that was really the, the day I, I really fell in love with the team and, and really reignited my love for, for the game uh, on the, on the playing side of things. So that was, that was obviously great. And then, you know, winning the national championship that year um, and then kind of going into 20, 2018 is really starting to set our sights on, um, you know, the, the international competition and the Confederation of Europe, European Baseball's qualifier cup um, that uh, the Mets had, had competed in a few times. We went and played in Bulgaria, didn't win, um, defended our national championship, went back to CVs in 2019 and, and Russia didn't win. Um, and so uh, a, a lot of a lot of great memories. But the you know the exciting thing is, despite us you know being a bit of a a, a powerhouse in the in, in in British baseball and having four consecutive national championships, um, we we as a team have you know we have more aspirations and, and we really want to go and 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 make our mark on this this European tournament. And, and uh, we're uh, about three and a half three and a half weeks uh, from from going and and uh, and doing just just that back in. Bulgaria uh, for the CEVs in uh, early August. Yeah. So what do you think then is is needed from you and your team to take that next step to be more of a powerhouse in Europe? 
I would say one of the biggest, one of the biggest challenges is, um, you know, there's a bit of a dissonance between the level of the, of baseball that you see every single week, weekend and week out in the UK versus then what you, you see when you go in and you play in a European tournament. And, and so I think the, the big thing for, for us is, is just, you know, getting, getting everybody in the mindset of you've got to bring enough focus to where maybe the standard of the game is not what you're going to be, see in, in Europe. Um, but you, you've still, you've got to set that standard. And, and that's what we, we talk a, a lot about the, the Mets on and not, not something I invented. It's something that John did a good job of shepherding Drew, Drew Spencer as well. It's, you know, the, we want the London Mets to really set the standard of, you know, playing the game in the, the right way, regardless of, don't play down to the competition, you know, set the standard and, and set, set what, you know, we, we want the game to, to look like. And, but that takes focus and it can be hard when you're, you're out there and you've got, you know, you've got guys that have played an extremely high level of baseball and you're playing on, you know, maybe not the, not the best fields and um, maybe not the best competition, but there's still opportunities to, to learn um, and to get better in that. And it, it just takes more, more focus. Cause those, those games, when you're going in and it's like a, you're in an absolute dogfight. fight, um, you know, the focus and the energy, it kind of is bred from that competition and where that's lacking, it takes, it takes a lot more mental toughness and energy to, to really kind of stay locked in and stay focused and to, to get the most yeah. out of it. I think that's the first one. And then the second one is just, how do you approach practice? Um, a, a lot of times and, and a, a lot of, you know, when I, I see a lot of kind of training setups and in, in the UK, I see a lot of people that are, um, you know, doing things that feel comfortable to them. They're doing BP the way that they've always done it. They're just kind of focused on, you know, how do I catch as many barrels as possible in a session? And um, that you don't get better by doing that. You don't get better with just doing reps. You've got to figure out how to how to create discomfort in practice. That's, that's what I think one of the most important things. And that's what, what we try to do at the Mets in our, in our midweek training sessions, which we've really upped the, the intensity around of the last year, get the pitching machine out, ramp it up to 88 miles an hour and, and beat guys um, because you, you need to fail in practice. Um, otherwise you're, you're not going to get, get any better. And, and that's something that we've really focused on this year as well. Really interesting. Thank you for that. Um, you mentioned as well before, let's take you back a little bit, that it's been a while since you sort of played baseball and then find it over here. What was it then that made you want to seek baseball out again and get back into the game? Yeah, it's a good question. I, um, you know, I, I, I maintain a distant connectivity with it by virtue of, you know, occasionally playing in you know, corporate softball, um, corporate softball leagues once I, I started working and got out of out of um out of college because uh, at that point by the time I you know when I was a junior in college and I was thinking about do I want to play or junior in high school and I was thinking about do I want to play in college you know I was five foot ten 160 pounds and you know not particularly athletic and I didn't finish growing until about sophomore year of college and at that point you know it, I was more athletic a lot bigger a lot stronger. And so when I graduated college, I started playing a little corporate softball and, you know, everything felt a lot easier. And, and I initially just attribute that, you, you know, you're playing beer league softball, you know, it's very different. Um, but the more I kind of hit through, I was like, all right, well, you're also a lot, a lot stronger and the, you know, the arms kind of there. And so I did have some, some questions about that and wanted to answer them. And so I went and went and, and I joined, a. uh, 
joined a men's baseball league in, in Philadelphia. I was like, I'll get back on the mound and throw a little bit to see how it feels. And it actually felt great. And I was about to start a season and end up blowing my, uh, blowing my ACL out in my left knee playing, uh, playing American football. And I was like, well, maybe this isn't meant to be and kind of had to go through the whole re rehab process and ended up moving to New York. So I didn't, uh, I didn't see the output from that, that experiment, but the, the question kind of lingered. And so when the, when I ended up over in London and the opportunity came up by chance, I was like, all right, I, I need to, I need to answer this, this question. And, uh, and I'm certainly glad that I, that I've, I've done that. Yeah. I bet the I bet the Mets are pretty chuffed too. Um, so you, you've you've taken over the reins from um, the now GB head coach Drew Spencer. When you were playing with the Mets, did you ever see coaching and management as a path they wanted to take? And also, what was it that made you ultimately decide to throw your hat into the ring for the job? Yeah, you know, to to be honest, I, I definitely. Um, I definitely figured I would do some coaching down the road at some point. Um, I didn't expect it to be now and sort of in this, in this capacity, in a head coach capacity, it was really just a, a function of some things happening at the same time. So uh, Drew, um, who, who did such an excellent job at the helm of the Mets getting a, a bigger opportunity um, and to, to run all of GB baseball, which is, uh, phenomenal and I, I was so happy for him and, and think you know they made a great decision because he's the right guy for that that job um but you know that left a vacancy um that was kind of the first piece and then the second piece is in 20 2020 i um i blew out my right elbow um completely tore my ucl um uh which requires tommy john surgery and i and i also banged up my my left shoulder tore my rotator cuff and my bicep where it hooks into the the shoulder. So I kind of, I kind of mangled both of my arms, uh, in the course of, of, of 2020, um, both of which required surgery, um, which are, are, are both pretty intensive from a rehab perspective. And it was clear to me that I wasn't going to be on the, the baseball field in, in, in 2021, um, at least in the, in the way that I, that I wanted and definitely, definitely not on the mound for the, the Mets. And so, um, you know, and, and looking around, I, I kind of thought, you know, let's, it, it would give us some breathing room on finding the right long-term manager for the London Mets. If I could kind of step up here and I've been playing a leadership role on the team. I've been the captain of the team the last couple of years. Um, I'd gotten a little bit of a taste of coaching, helping out uh, as Drew brought me on board with the under 23 GB team um, as a operations manager but he let me coach first base as well so I got I started to see kind of some sides of it and um you know and and knew that it was big shoes to fill but felt like the right thing to do for the the team um given the given the circumstances and and as I said before I think um you know my I'm not, I'm not really a, a vision setter or a dream setter I just you know where I I see hard and hard things that have some urgency in front of them. I just kind of throw myself in front of that thing. And that, uh, that, that sort of, that's been the way I've kind of lived my life. And this was another kind of opportunity to, to do that in a time that made sense. And um, I haven't, I haven't looked back. That's cool. Well, you mentioned then about the, the, the injuries, they, they sounded pretty bad and I hope you're on the mend. Um, we, we, we pretty worried then that you were going to be away for baseball for quite an amount of time before you knew about the, the coaching position or do you had a plan in your head to stay involved in baseball? Yeah. Um, I, uh, 
in terms of the first part of the question, you know, it certainly wasn't wasn't easy, um, you know, facing the reality that I've got a, you know, Tommy John rehabs, a, you know, a full year, and uh, it was increasingly uh, anxiety filled as, um, you know, it's not something that surgeons, <laughs> surgeons in the UK see too often, because it's very much a baseball specific injury, but was, was yeah. able to, uh, find a, find a guy actually up in your neck of the woods, um, that had, had dealt with some, some javelin throwers with the injury and, um, it did end up doing a, a fantastic job, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was, I was not particularly happy about it. Um, but, uh, it's, it's one of those things where you can, you can be unhappy about it, but that worrying, and, you know, it's not going to help anything. So, and in reality, it's like, get the operations done as, as soon as you can get them on the books and then start the rehab and take that stuff seriously, um, which is extremely tedious uh, for, for both of them. And especially yeah. when you've got two, uh, two, <laughs> two pretty significant operations to do right in, right in a row, did them about 12 weeks apart. Um, you know, you get just when one arm starts feeling good, the other one goes under the knife and you're not, and then you're kind of doing them both at the same time. It's, it, it was a, uh, it was an unpleasant um, experience, but you know, so what <laughs> you kind of, kind of got to, kind of just got to handle it. Cause I, I want to get back on the field and, and think my best years of, of playing baseball are, are ahead of me, even though I'm, yeah. I'm 32 and should be on kind of the decline. I, uh, I refuse to, to believe that. And, uh, you know, we'll go from, from there, but again, it, you know, uh, uh, having the opportunity to, to, you know, it, it, the, the lawn of met, it's the, the group of guys is so great. And I, you know, the opportunity to help them out in, in any way that I, I could. Um, and, 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 you know, maybe I'm not the, maybe, maybe there are better people for the job that are more experienced. I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, I'm sure a case could be made for, for that, but my goal is, you know, I love these guys and I want to, I want to do as much as I can to help them. And, and right now I think they need that, that manager role filled with somebody that gets the team, gets the culture, gets what we're trying to do um, and, and can be effective in that capacity. And that's what I've worked hard to, to try to do. Fantastic. Um, has becoming a coach changed your perspective or feelings towards the game? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's, it's been eye opening for sure. It's been a humbling experience. It's been very, very hard. I think um, I, I kind of getting into the job, I, I, my appreciation for uh, coaches of, of the past has certainly gone up significantly because it's 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 not easy and there's a lot of little stuff that good coaches make look easy that that are not easy um and uh they're you know you've got there's so many facets and, and layers to it you know you can think about just what does it take to put together a lineup on the field at any given time that's kind of the simplest form of the opportunity at hand but then that goes all the way up to you know the the best coaches and i'm not i'm not saying i'm having this influence in, in any capacity to, to date but certainly something i would aspire to but the best coaches are you know they see it as an opportunity to to develop you know better human beings independent of of baseball and and so um, you know, as you start to get access to that, that kind of opportunity, it's quite eye-opening in terms of, you know, you're, you're really, you really are, um, in a position where, you know, you, you can, you can help make people's lives better and, and, and general. And that's, that's pretty cool. Um, can be a little bit over overwhelming, but, you know, again, it's kind of, there, there are layers and there's a, there's a huge sliding scale to the type of impact that, that you can have. And I'm, I definitely feel like I'm kind of competent down here, but, you know, 
over over time that's the that's kind of the goal but yeah developed a lot more appreciation for coaches to come before my my dad um you know huge 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 part um of 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 that uh pete hardy was my high school coach he was um he was a he was a great baseball coach um and then uh coming back over over here john john Cramon welcoming me to the mets family and then and then drew um who did a, a phenomenal job with the team you know it's a lot of a lot of appreciation there um I think the the second thing I'd probably say is um, one thing that makes it you know one thing that's quite challenging is every player is different and I'm a, I'm a very specific type of of baseball player and recognizing who you are as a baseball player and, and also that um, you know people uh, there you're going to have a lot of people that play the game and and kind of that are very different types of baseball players that you've got to. Uh, to be able to enable and and, and kind of help make better and, and develop as players and, and people. And that, that can be a, a challenge. Like, like for me personally, I'm a, I'm like a feel based player. I'm not particularly analytical when it comes to the game of, of, of baseball. And I, and I, you know, when I go up and I'm in a bat, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm generally hacking first couple of, of pitches and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not particularly selective and, you know, so your initial, my, at least my initial kind of thinking was like, all right, you know, talk to people on about the way I play the game instead of look at how they play the game and then figure out how does that map to their specific strengths and weaknesses and how do you accelerate that? And, and that's a hard thing to do. Cause you kind of want to, the easiest thing to do is just like, Hey, this is how Rich Minford plays baseball and it works for him. So it should work for you. And, and that, that's a, that's a pretty broken model, that, but it can be easy to slip into. And I've, I've certainly felt yeah. that at different times in the year. That's cool. Um, so have, have you had to change much in terms of uh, personality and character when tr transitioning from a uh, player and everyone's mate into the head coach role? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think the short answer is no. And I, I think that people that, I, I think when people try to do that, I think that that, that often breaks pretty quickly. I, I think you know, when I'm standing up in front of the guys, I know if, I, if I'm trying to adopt some sort of persona that's that's not authentically me and I'm trying to put on like a coaching act, they're going to see right through that. And and that's not going to feel genuine or, or authentic or, or real. Um, you know, the majority of these guys I've known um, and spent a ton of time with over the last four years. And and I, I think, you know, something I recognize up front and talking to, um, you know, a couple of, of coaches who'd made the made the transition. Dave, Dave Turgeon is a, a guy who I, I talked to and really hammered this home for me in the off season. Who's um, uh, the, the GB crew connected me up with, cause he's quite close with him, but he's a, he manages a double A team for the the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's a, you know, obviously a very successful uh, baseball guy, but he, you know, it's, it's the one thing that he said is like, you got to be yourself um, because it's uh, you know, you're, coaching will will expose you very very quickly if you're if you're not yourself so um i haven't put on a persona i've just tried to to be me um I, I definitely um you know have to take things more maybe more more seriously and carry the weight of the responsibility of things that i haven't before but that's more of a step up in a responsibility versus kind of me changing who i am or how i i approach the game cool and uh, with the emergence of the london mayhem women's team and uh, there've been a few other teams that fall under the London Mets uh, umbrella. How were you involved in their setups and player development as well? And do you have any like cross training sessions that take place as well? Yeah, 
it's been awesome. I mean, the London Mets has got a, a ton of different teams and it's been awesome to see, I think, more investment into the women's baseball community. That's been a, a, a quite exciting thing that's that's happened, even though I think some of the things that have brought attention to that community have not been good. It's been it has been good to see kind of energy and, and focus and kind of, you know, building building new things in, in that direction yeah. um, in terms of like the Mets club training structure, we, you know, we, we do have kind of joint just because like we're constrained around the the field. So the Mets practice uh, at the same time as our single, our two single a baseball teams, the Musketeers and the Minotaurs on, on Tuesday nights. And then on Thursday nights, we've got one of our triple a teams with us, the, the mammoths. So there, there is an opportunity for more, um, you know, to, to kind of be, be around them and, uh, which has been, been cool. I've gotten to, to talk to, to Gabby Shea, who's the head coach of the, the Minotaurs a good bit. And she's awesome and invests just a ton of time and energy in the, in the single A and, um, you know, just, and is, is quite hungry to learn. It's great to see when you have individuals like that, that are really eager and hungry to, to learn and get better as coaches. Um, cause, um, you know, that's, that's what the, the game needs. I'd like to invest more more time in single A, double A, and triple A, but um, between the, the the personal life um, and and work and and the, the Mets, it's uh, it's plenty to keep track of. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so, what then, as as the coach of the Mets, what what criteria do you look for in a player, uh, or what sort of qualities do you want them to have to um, get them into the Mets uniform? Yeah, I I probably I mean. I've seen so much, so many different kind of things that work. It, it's, it's almost like maybe go in the other direction. There are things that I really don't like. I, I don't like people who lack um, grit. I don't like people who um, are, you know, bring a lot of, of arrogance, you know, those are types of things that I don't like to see, but in terms of like, Hey, you got to throw 80 or I, I want to see, you know, I like people that hit with an open stance. I, I'm, I'm very much like, you know, I, I think our, our team has a ton of different diversities. We've got a bunch of guys from, you know, different, different, uh, a lot of different countries, um, you know, different, different baseball environments that they've, they've seen. Um, and uh, I think that, that, that actually breeds a, a lot of, of pretty compelling uh, you know, camaraderie and ends up with a blend of the the game that that is somewhat un- unique, and I think that's a that's a, a pretty cool thing. So, um, I, you know, I would say I'm I'm open to to pretty much <laughs> whatever as as long as it kind of works for works for you. So that that's not me asking for an audition, by the way. I'm, uh, I'm happy. <laughs> Come on down. Come on <laughs> Play, down. Played at single A in Manchester. Um, so what, what do you think then makes the, the Met, with, with the group of players that you've got, what do you think makes the Mets one of the best teams in the country? Uh, the, the ambition, I think, is a big part of it. You, you do have, you know, you do have a group of people that, um, uh, you know, they, they want to be better and they want to do more and they, they have that aspiration on kind of taking things to the, the next level and that lack of, content around where we collectively are with the game of baseball is is something that um is an important part of our 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 culture we're we're not happy being just the defending champions of the you know the the british baseball federation that's that's not enough we want to we want to win this tournament and 
in in Europe. And and by the way, that's the lowest form of the tournament, and there are <laughs> there are a lot of steps above that. So we've got a we've got a long way um, a long way up to 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 go. And I think that's something that we're all all pretty excited about. And that's both a you know, how do we, how do we bring the right degree of focus to get better to, you know, help the Mets of today achieve the near-term goals, but it's also, you know, why is it important for us to continue to invest in kind of the youth side of things and how to continue to improve that to kind of build the pipeline and um, continue to have success stories where British, British players are going to play collegiate baseball in the U S and, and professional baseball in the U S and, and Europe and, and, and that sort of thing. So I think that's the first one, just the, the on the ambition side of things. I think the the second one is just like a lot of, a lot of love and a lot of camaraderie on the, on the team. I, I think the, you know, the feeling, um, you know, I, I deal being, you know, being in, in, in my position, I deal with all kinds of stuff with the club and the board and around the, the fields and where we're playing and the schedules. And, but when I come to practice and I show up and it's, you know, Drake Yoshioka or import and Zach Stroman are already hitting on the tee and got some music going and it's a, you know, a big hug or a big high five. It's just all that kind of melts away. And it's like, all right, we're, you know, we're here to, to do our thing. We're here to, to work. And, uh, and, and, and by the way, like we all love doing it. And that, that, that's a, that's a pretty critical part of it as, as well that I think is, is, is really important for us. Yeah. When you look back at the baseball side of your life, is there anything that you feel like you could have done better or is there anything that you would change? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there are certain, I certainly ask questions on, um, on occasion was hanging them up at, at 18, the, the right thing to do. I, I still, I still think it probably, probably was just based on, on where I was physically at that point. Um, so no, no qualms ab about that. I, um, I, uh, I'm just glad I kind of got back to it. So, uh, and, and in such a, such an interesting in environment as, as well. So I, uh, I, I'd like to think that, uh, maybe I could have gotten back to it a little bit quicker, but I'm just glad I got back to it at, at all. And, and again, feel like the, um, the, the best years are still, still kind of lay ahead. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like I, I'm a believer of all roads leading to, to here, no matter how bad they've been or, or how rough yeah. they are, like every path of decision leads to now, like, I mean, I've, I've just turned, well, I say I've just turned 40, I've turned 40 like in September last year. And I was straight away, like even when I first turned up at training, when I was in my very late thirties, I was kicking myself over. Why didn't I get involved in this earlier? Because I knew it was around because I've been involved in like basketball and the ice hockey. I just never really looked for it. And someone said to me, like, baseball finds you, you don't find baseball. And I always thought that was quite, quite interesting. But then I'm thinking, if I got involved in it like five years ago, would I still be involved now? Would I still be as passionate about it as I am now? Would I be doing a podcast about it? And I get all these questions and I'm just like, do you know what? It's probably best not to think about it and just just enjoy the ride that you're on now and and see where it takes you. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so what are your baseballing goals and plans for the future? Yeah. You know, like I said, I... Um we've, we've certainly got some, some goals as a team, you know, the CEB tournament's a big one. We're going to defend our national championship for uh, the, the fifth year in a row. And we want to keep climbing from, from there. But I, you know, again, I tend to believe, um, be a big believer in just, uh, 
you know, continue to, to push yourself and, and those who, who are interested in it, um, further and further into the, the deep end. And, and, and that's gonna, that's gonna get you, get you stronger and you need a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, need to make sure you don't drown, but that's, you know, big, a big part of, you know, what I've, what I did and kind of coming into this, this season and to, to ensure that didn't happen is, is build a, uh, an excellent coaching staff to, um, to support me and, and have been fortunate to be surrounded by some, some really great baseball minds. So, um, you know, John, John Cramman agreed to step up as the, the hitting coach. He's, you know, been doing this for, for a long time, but, you know, has been, has been key there. Brendan Power has been um, just an absolute rock for, for the team um, on the field, but now, you know, in a coaching capacity as well, runs the defense. Brian Lane off on the uh, on the on the pitching side of things. Ryan Turtle, who's an absolute rock star, is coaches first base, and I've never seen somebody that's just like more hungry to learn about the, the game of baseball. And and that's that's the sort of mentality that that we really look for in the Mets is those lifelong learners that want to want to get better and take pride and and even you know even the the little things. Um, and we got Derek Cooks, our bench coach. He's um, you know, he's played, he was, he was drafted, played, played in the minors in the U S played pro ball in Mexico and has been kind of a part of the part of the Mets for, for a while. He's a, he's a great presence for us. And then we had an, um, Gaetano Cristiano, an, an Italian fellow just kind of showed up on our doorstep this year who played top division baseball and in Italy, um, and, uh, has coached in a, in a number of different, different countries, Italy. I think a bit in, in Germany, a bit down in Ethiopia, Ireland, and now he's now he's here and he's helping out on the staff as well. And it's been a great veteran presence too. So, um, you know, we're, uh, I, I'm, you know, we're going to win seeds. We're going to defend our championship, but more importantly, we're, you know, we, uh, including the staff are going to continue to put our team in front of, uh, you know, hard and, and challenging environments. And, um, and, and, and that approach I think is limitless in, in terms of where it can take us. Cool. Who do you think then are going to be the biggest challenges to, to your title? Um, in the CB tournament, I think we're, you know, it's Russia, it's us, Russia, Bulgaria, and, um, Switzerland, I think, uh, yeah. you know, the host team's always, always going to be a, a challenge and they, they beat us in 2018. It was, a, it was a different one of their domestic teams, but they'll be good. Um, the Russian, Russian team, again, a different team, but, um, probably pulling from the same player pool, um, were, were quite good in 2019. And then the, the team from Switzerland's a new team. So they're a bit of an un, unknown, but I'm, I'm expecting dogs okay. in every single game there. Um, and then domestically we're, you know, for the, it's a six team league this year. Um, the top four go to the, uh, to the playoffs. And, and right now, if, if things kind of held up, that would be us, uh, the London Capitals, uh, the Essex Arrows and the Lancashire Legends. And so um, the interesting thing about the, um, the, you know, British baseball kind of championships, is it's not a, there's no series. Um, it's a one game, one game, nine inning playoff in the semifinals and the finals. And that's, um, that hasn't always been the case, but it's been the case for the last couple of years. And that's, that's one that's just, 
you can't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Uh, you've got to, you, you can't get complacent for a single second in that kind of setup. Um, even if it, you're playing against a team who you've, you beat every single game in the, in the year, you've got to, you've got to bring everything you can. So I hold them all equally in, in regard and, and we will, we will bring our, our A game no matter who we, who we face on September 4th and September 5th. That's cool. Do you prefer the series format or do you, do you think that the single game, uh, which which sounds quite British with like most games like <laughs> cup finals being done. For, uh, do, do you prefer like, that the single game or series? I like a series. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan. There's a reason they do it, and um, you know, in 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 pro pro baseball leagues, um, because it's uh you know it, it's um it, it's a it's a game where you like to see things play out all, over a long time horizon. There's a reason they play 162 games in major league baseball is it's uh, it, it's a, it's a game that's so kind of geared towards failure. You kind of do want to, you do want a little more time to see how things play out, but uh, you know, that's, that's part of it. You can't really complain about the, the setup. You got to instead say, that's what it looks like. Um, let's figure out how to win. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, Rich, this has been an absolute blast. I've loved every minute of this. It's um it's been a little while since I've done the interview, and I'm so glad that you were you were here to to uh to join me on this one. So now we're in the bottom of the seventh. I've got three final questions for you. Um so depending on how it sees you, are we going to get on base or you're going to strike out and then we'll see <laughs> if you can walk them off at the end. So uh the first question is Rich Minford, do you have any hidden talent? Um, I'm pretty proficient at, at Muay Thai. Um, so oh. I don't know if that, that counts, but, uh, if we were to get into a boxing ring and I would, uh, I'd hold, hold my own, the, uh, the roundhouse kicks pretty, pretty strong. Mate, if, if we got in a boxing ring, I'm just going to lie on the floor. I, I don't think <laughs> I could lift my leg above me. <laughs> I'm, an old, I'm an old man. <laughs> um, I, I, I used to do a bit of grappling and wrestling and stuff with like MMA. Um, quite a while ago, I do miss it. It was so much fun in yep. a really weird way. There is something, just something about that. Just as an exercise, I've never sort of um, got into any sort of brawl or, or fight. But yeah, but you've been six foot five. You're, you're even bigger than me, and I'm six three. I'm like the tallest person that I know. So well, I just I'll, think I'll, I'll tell you the, the one of the reasons why it's just like I think humility is such an important trait. Is you take something like mixed martial arts. I've been to, I've been to Thailand and, and trained in some pretty, pretty serious kind of Muay Thai camps. And th there are, there are 120 pound, you know, five foot two Thai guys that, that, that could kill me. They could literally kill me and they're half my size. And it, it's just, it's one of those things where it's, you know, you can't really judge anybody on how they, they look. Cause there's this, you know, there's, there's so many ways in which you can, you know, you can get really good at something. So it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's another thing that's quite quite humbling. Yeah, my my uh, trainer is called. Uh, his nickname's Monkey, and he's is a fair bit older than me, and uh, he he just tie up in knots. Yeah, and it was just funny. Like, I'd I'd just like be like my arm behind my back, and he'd be on my neck, and just I'd piggybacking him, and he's like, trying to tap me out and stuff. And I was like, I don't even know I got in this position. I just came in to ask a question. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a uh, yeah fascinating sport. Um, is there anything that you're afraid of? Um, I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm afraid of, I'm a, I'm a procrastinator. So I'm afraid of things that are, are really, really important, but they're kind of far, far away. Um, cause I know I'm, I'm not going to do what I need to do until I feel like my back's against the wall. So I have a, I have a fear of those, those kind of long-term deadlines that don't have any, any urgency. Cool. Uh, and last one from me, do you have any guilty pleasures? 
Mm, I like to play a little bit of Super Smash Bros. on the on the Nintendo. I'm pretty good at that too. That's one of my. Uh, that's another. I don't know if that's a hidden talent or a guilty guilty pleasure, but I'm uh, I'm pretty competent. Plays Donkey Kong. I think I think that's going to be one of those uh, things that's talked about in Legend. If if you ever fancy a game, it'll be like in Rocky where they have that fight behind closed doors. Who won? See, never mm-hmm. mind the MMA stuff. Let's get Super Smash. Okay. Okay. Super All Smash right. Be where it's at. Okay. I just need to go and buy the game now. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I, yeah, me too. I don't. I don't have it either. But <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's always somebody else that has it and you play on. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. Uh, I'm happy with those. Bases are loaded. It's time to walk them off. Uh, do you, Richmondford, do you have any final words or any uh, parting wisdom before we go? The floor is all yours. Yeah, not, nothing else. I think I've, I've said said more than I, I'd planned to, to say, but absolute privilege. And I, I appreciate everything that you're you're doing to help grow the game in the, the country. I think it uh, has some some nice roots. It just needs uh, some some tender love and care. And, and uh, I know I'm going to continue to inject as much energy into it as I can. And I appreciate what you're you're doing and, and all the people that kind of help help along the way, whether directly or or uh, indirectly, like like my parents who sacrificed so much to, yeah. to give me access to so much from from a from a baseball perspective. That's the that's a, a huge reason why I'm I'm standing where where I am to today. So definitely, definitely. Oh, one thing I was going to ask: with your dad being a Christmas tree farmer, did he ever whistle you a bat out of a Christmas tree? Mm, he did not. Ah. Oh. Yeah, he did not. That's uh, I'm going to take that back to him because that's uh, that's a that's a miss and that's potentially you know interesting opportunity. You know, Fraser fir Fraser firwood. Um, it's a, a kind, new maple. Kind of self 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 pine tar with the Christmas tree sap as as well. So definitely, there you go. You can have that one. Yeah. <laughs> right, mate. Uh, again, th- thanks again so much for your time. It's it's been great. Uh, I loved every minute of it, and uh, I wish you and the Mets all the best luck in the future. And let us know when you get on Europe. Awesome, will do. Thank you, Matt. Oh, take care. Ta-ra. Thanks to my guest Richard, and thank you so much again to Mariana for her help in this um, set, setting the, the questions. I know I've added a few in the in the mix, but a majority of that was Mariana's work. Now, if you want to check out Mariana Casal's uh, website. If you go to marianacasal.com, links are in the in the show notes. You'll be able to see a bulk of their work there too. Cheers.